Hey friends, this is Kate, the creative director of Loam, and we are returning today to our special Weaving New World listening series. Loam's annual print publication, Weaving New Worlds, explores how the threads of decolonizing creativity, climate justice, ecological regeneration, and activism intersect in the work of reimagining a vibrant and just future. With each episode of this series, our hope is to connect you to one of the many amazing artists and activists who have made this issue so alive. Today's guest, Justine Kiva Epstein, is a lover of birds and all things wild, a student of water, a community activist, artist, council carrier, and rites of passage guide. Her work focuses on tending to the emergence of regenerative and reparative culture in this age of the Anthropocene. Justine is especially interested in reaching for liberation from an inherited historical systems of colonization, white supremacy, cis-heteropatriarchy, and global capitalism in ways that honor our diverse and complex histories and identities. She graduated with a BA in philosophy from Colorado College, completed three years of study with Weaving Earth Center for Relational Education, trained with the School of Lost Borders, Tamara Healing Biotope One, The Walking Water Pilgrimage, and works to support wealth redistribution with resource generation. In this issue, Justine wrote a reflection on longing that feels so alive right now, and I'm really excited, Justine, for you to be here today and to really drop into this to this theme. Thanks, Kate. It's such an honor. So I'm wondering, um, to begin, if you can first read an excerpt from your essay, which is actually the, the first essay in this issue, and one that I think creates a really beautiful context for for what's to come and to our listeners, you know, take a moment now to, to create a space to really receive these words, you know, whether that means finding someplace comfortable to sit or making yourself a cup of tea, whatever you need to feel nourished and receptive as Justine shares with us a little bit of her, of her story. So I, yeah, I think before I start, I'll just say that um, this piece is really for me, it's really rooted in the body and really rooted in the, in the heart and the emotion of what it means to long. So I'll begin. Longing is an uncomfortable yet familiar ache in my body. An invisible rope knotted at my solar plexus, tugging down towards my sacrum and out in front of me simultaneously. In moments when I simply allow myself to attune to the somatic sensation, I am reminded of the force of a magnet being pulled towards its opposite pole. I am reminded of reaching, of hunger, of that deep instinct that compels a newborn baby to clamber towards the breast for the first time, or the salmon to swim back up the stream of their birth. My familiarity with longing is rooted in the experiences of seeking love, friendship, romance, intimacy, eros, creativity, purpose, direction, meaning, and community. When recalling moments of longing from my own biography, I think about my parents' divorce and the longing I had for their love to be stronger than their pain. I think about 
middle school crushes, cliques, and the cool kids in my carpool, that seduction towards friendship, intimacy, love, and belonging that was wonder mixed with distance. I think about how those sensations shaped me as a young person, beckoning me to reach towards people, places, books, ideas, and practices that influenced my becoming. I got self-conscious as I grew up. I became shy, reserved, and careful. And as I grew more and more afraid to share what I longed for, the louder those longings became within me. That dissonance fueled loneliness and isolation and the belief that I was unworthy of what I longed for. Over the course of the years that I spent trying to escape from that dissonance, longing evolved into something that I deeply distrusted. I remember once when somebody asked me to date them in high school, I said no without even taking a breath. There were many superficial reasons for that no, but on some deep level it stemmed from my distrusting the vulnerability required to meet someone reaching for connection across that chasm of longing. I wasn't willing or ready to show all that I had learned to hide, especially from myself. All these years later, I have grown curious about longing. How it has informed and shaped not only my singular biography, but also the ways in which it can be re-understood as a cultural, historical, political, and spiritual force. What actually is longing? What does my access to and experience of longing have to teach me? Could an excavation of my longings actually lead me to a source of striving that can inform my activism and my imagination, urge me to dare to show, to reach for the world I long to inhabit? How could a more nuanced and complex understanding of longing open up creative possibilities for how to live a meaningful life in this age of the Anthropocene? Thank you so much for sharing that, Justine. And I think one of the things that, you know, both Kailea, who's the editor of Loma and I, were so drawn to when reading this piece is that you speak to so many different strands of longing. And on a personal note, this sense of longing has felt especially alive in the last few months. You know, there's been this longing for for love, for justice, for transformation and and it feels like you know for many of many folks in our community right we've been longing for so much Mm -hmm. um whether it's for physical touch for connection whether it's for for justice for the abolition of the police state right there's been so many different types of longing and people are experiencing all of those longings simultaneously And so I'm curious to hear from you, you know, this piece was actually penned before the virus and before the uprisings. How does it feel relevant to you right now? Yeah, that's such a great question. And it's actually something that I've been thinking a lot about. Surprise, surprise. Maybe, maybe not a surprise. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think where I find myself in that question is really 
that it, it actually takes me back to that somatic sensation, right? That discomfort, um, yet familiarity that I find in my body. And that's, that's where I, I really locate myself. Um, when I think about this moment that we're in the invitation to, to shelter in place, to stop, to pause, and to also witness, uh, the crumbling of a lot of structures and systems and narratives that um, many of us, even if we had a critique of them, um, were, were and are participating in. Um, and when we have this opportunity to, to pause, um, I think there's space somehow in our bodies and in our collective imaginations to take stock of where we are and are we where we actually really want to be? Um, And I think it also, for me, like later on in the piece, I really go into the ways in which reclaiming a relationship to longing um, as a compass, as a, as a, you know, a pathway to reaching for the world that we want. can actually inform how we show up and what we show up for and what we build together. Um, and I, I think right now we're really facing that need to really dare to imagine. And we're also being asked to really be courageous um, in what we, what we reach for. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that in the, you know, I, I also want to say like, Longing is not comfortable and it's also mixed with a lot of grief. It's also, it's an, it's an experience of absence, right? And I think it, for me, is also a very historical and ancestral experience um, to be with longing because it's also, in my case, I'm a, you know, a white person, a settler um, of settler descendants here in Turtle Island. And so for me, being in that pause and being in that discomfort is really filled with grief and really and like all of the things that are in the way or have caused the context that we inhabit now, which is so painful and so violent to so many. So it's not just, I think the reason it's so uncomfortable is it's not just a like what we want, but it's also having to be with how we got to the place of wanting that. Um, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so much of that feels really true right now. And I, love what you were sharing about longing being such a complex and nuanced emotion because I think experiencing longing in our bodies, right? It's so visceral. It feels like one of the most human, fundamentally human experiences to have. And it's one that really invites us into a state of multiplicity where we have to honor multiple truths. Mm -hmm. We have to honor, you know, our grief and our gratitude because all of that coexists within the experience of longing And something I want to turn to now is, you know, earlier when we were connecting about uh, this podcast, you shared that, you know, this, this essay is both a product and a process. And I really feel that because it's, it's an incredibly vulnerable essay. I mean, it hits you on such a heart level as a reader and I'm curious to know what you've learned through the experience of writing this and and what the process of penning a piece like this 
did for you and inspired in you? Thanks for that question. Yeah, that's in reflecting, you know, I, I'm, I'm rereading this essay for the first time in a few months, actually, since I wrote it. Um, and it was really strong to read it again and to reflect on all the ways in which, um, yeah, what I learned in this process and who I became in this process of writing this essay is informing um, how I'm showing up right now in the world. Um, and how I'm showing up for myself and my own healing process. Um, and yeah, what I what I can say to that is that the process of writing really became an opportunity and an experience for me to review my whole life, right? My whole biography through the lens of longing, um, which I had never done before. You know, I really I go back actually quite to m- quite a young place to begin. Um, in the in the segment that I shared as well, like what it was like as a child to be experiencing, you know, these draws or these impulses and, and then what happened to them as I started to be like a teenager and in these really uncomfortable self-conscious relationships with people where I really, really cared what they thought about me, right? And, and what they thought I wanted and I was about and, um, and just like really taking like in the writing, really taking myself back into those experiences as a young person and revisiting the contortions um, and the atrophies to myself um, that I engaged in a way to participate in a particular culture. Right. And yeah, so revisiting that whole arc of becoming who I am um, through the lens of longing, which was actually a really healing experience um, because I was able to make sense and understand my story in a way that I hadn't before. And as you said, like the pain doesn't go away. Um, it's grief, it's pain. But I was able to recontextualize that pain in such a way that compassion and gratitude could accompany it, right? I could revisit those places in myself or those beliefs and say, is that really true? Um, and that doesn't mean that those beliefs didn't still like have a really big impact and cause a lot of suffering for myself, but it just made more space, um, for me to be with myself in a more compassionate way. Um, and it also, I think I would say like really has informed how I'm paying attention now, like having spent this time developing a lens on longing as a force, as a influence on on humans you know um i i'm starting to pay attention and looking for longing in a different way in my relationships with other humans and also in the in how it's showing up in the earth right um i had this really beautiful experience of of looking at the way that deers or elk grow antlers as a like physical manifestation of longing of life like of erotic longing coming out of the body in this sort of form and that those those antlers like they are a season of longing for those beings and then after that season they fall off and they go back to the earth and they become food for these other beings um and i i just i really appreciate kind of contextualizing longing within the the ecology um as well as within the human 
the ecology of the soul as well as the ecology of the earth um, as a way to yeah help me help us widen uh, what we understand longing to be oh my gosh that image of the deer is so beautiful and your invocation just now of the simultaneous process of like decomposition and of regrowth and of wow I just loved loved that and how you describe that and something as you were um talking just now that was sparked in me was and one of the things I'm really excited for readers to encounter in this essay is when you talk about going through your own biography I think it's a beautiful invitation for a reader to do the same and something that emerged for me when I was reading your piece is I could remember I could go back to this moment where I experienced really visceral longing when I was younger um, and how quick I was to shame it and to, and you know, I I didn't unpack it in the moment. Like I was thinking about this time when I was maybe 15 and had gone on the Metro North and, you know, I'm on this crowded train car headed into the city and I look across the train car and see two of my good friends from high school who were a couple just talking to each other with such sweetness and love and I suddenly felt like all of my body was just like man I want to know that type of love and there was this this deep experience of of longing and it was funny because I hadn't thought about that memory or that moment in a long time because you know at the time I was just like tamped down didn't engage with it and when I thought about that part of my biography through the lens of what you were sharing, I was like, man, there was so much that I could have learned in that moment of longing. Because when I look back on it now, right, it wasn't just a longing for a romantic love. It was for a longing to see more love like that in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And that longing has, is part of my desire to be in, in climate spaces, to be in social justice spaces is that I want to be a part of creating a container where love like that you know, romantic love, platonic love, familial love, where it can blossom Mm -hmm. and where we can have more connection and and more creativity. And it was so much more in that moment than one specific strand of longing. It was a much bigger longing that really, I think, was a biological directive to do the work that I want to do on the world. But, you know, there's so much that's lost when we don't pay attention to that longing. And, And that's why I love your piece. It's an invitation to really sit with longing, to sit with that discomfort and to get curious what's emerging in this moment. And when you experience longing now, how do you welcome it into your life? You know, Mm -hmm. what does that process of honoring look like? Oh, I love that question. I can say for me, it's so much connected to like me reclaiming a relationship to my body um, and to my emotions and to my sensations, um, I think what I'm really learning to do is breathe when I have those sensations and to, to not, yeah, like you said, I think so much of the initial impulses is like, oh, this is uncomfortable or like, I'm a, I'm ashamed of this, this longing. Um, I shouldn't have it. Um, I shouldn't show it. Um, I'm going to push it down. And I'm going to think about something else. I'm going to distract myself. And, you know, I think about how much um, capitalism, white supremacy, these systems are functioning on such a high speed that it's really easy to do that, right? 
um, it's really easy for longing to then be co-opted and turned into this consumerism um, where we think what we're longing for are like these quite superficial experiences um, or forms of love, which actually don't make space for, I think, these deeper parts of ourselves that we've turned, we've like judged or compartmentalized as ugly or not welcome for whatever reason. And so, yeah, to come back to like how I welcome longing now is um, often just kind of practices of making space for it, learning to dare to show that in in community, in relationships, in art, you know, right? Like what is it? I think the poetry that comes out of longing or the art forms that come out of longing, the songs, the music is some of the most powerful and beautiful art. Um, and that's, I think, one of the things, the one of the spaces in which I met longing in a way that for the first time I was like, oh, this is okay, right? Like <laughs> po- poets who who were like putting it out there and letting it move. Um, and so I think at the end of the essay, I talk about the Rilke quote, um, uh, how Rilke in Letters to a Young Poet writes, um, to learn to live questions and that somehow in so doing you will live your life into the answers. And I think that about that too with longing, like I'm really in the practice of how do I learn first to breathe and feel my longing, to identify it, to meet it in myself, and then to learn to love it as a sensation, like as something that makes me human and as something that makes me alive and as something that you know, in this essay, I'm really also asking folks to consider, like, what if this is actually a really sacred information in our bodies that is showing us and informing us of a certain direction that we can walk or take or work towards? And I really love what you said there about this biological imperative, um, that what you witnessed in that moment with your friends was not just specific or individual, but was actually a much deeper, wider opening towards a collective task, right? Which is to build worlds, futures, possibilities where more love can inform culture and community again. Um, and I feel, yeah, when I can start to like acknowledge and f- locate longing in my body in a way that's like a spiritual practice, I guess. Um, to really see it as ancestral, to see it as sacred, to see it as information that can guide me. Um, It takes that pause and then it takes that like trust, relearning trust. And in that way, I think of it as, as quite political. Yes, totally. I think longing is a political act and, and this willingness to sit in discomfort, to sit in the quote unquote ugly feels very, very necessary right now to be doing on a, you know, an individual and on a collective level. And the last thing that I really want to explore with you, and, and this has to do with the experience of, of reading this issue is, you know, when Kyle and I were working on Weaving New Worlds, our hope is to really create a world within a world, you know, so that as people are paging through this publication and coming into conversations with these stories, which really do exist in relationship to one another, you know, like it's so beautiful and 
because your essay, the the imagery of the birds, um, really correlates to the birds um, that dart through the pages of Queer Nature's essay. And there's just there's so many connections to make in this in this little world of the magazine. And one of our hopes is that when readers sit down to experience this, they can really create a container for integration. And so what is an offering you have, a practice or a ritual that you would want a reader to integrate into their life in order to be receptive to this essay and what it is you're sharing? Oh, yes. I love this. (laughs) It's a great question. And I think the reason I love it is because it also is calling me into accountability to to practice more um, ways of integrating longing into my body again, you know, and I mean, I can just share what one of, one of my practices, um, which for me has been a huge gift and learning. And I also trust that like folks will find their own way to move longing, to express longing, to show longing. And that is going to depend on what you love and what you care about and how you show that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, gra- I'm glad you brought in the birds, Kate, because um, that's actually how the essay begins, is, is a love story with the cedar wax wings and how those birds and per- the particular way that I met those birds through one, one of them hitting a window and dying and um, getting to meet them in, in that moment of intimacy and grief, um, how they have become and embody a certain, uh, I don't know, energy of longing. Like my encounters with those birds are such, um, yeah, they represent longing for me. They symbolize it in a way. Um, and I don't exactly know why, you know, it's, I try to sort of play with it a little bit in the essay and it's still something that's like, it's not a logical connection. It's a sensation that I have upon witnessing them. And so my practice is really, um, sitting with the earth for 20 minutes, 30 minutes every day. And with a particular attention and attunement to the birds, um, Obviously, I don't have the gift of seeing cedar waxwings every day. Um, sadly, they're they're migrated. They've migrated north for the summer, but I do feel that this practice of sitting and and attuning my senses to the more than human world, to the wind, you know, to the sensation of of moist, foggy air on my skin this morning. Um, the quickening heart um, when a cooper's hawk swoops by me, that those are ways that I can, my body can find itself in that space of the conversation of longing that I also speak about um, in the essay. There's a, a part where I I share about the work of Kathleen Locklear, who talks about um, the nature sense and that our bodies and the earth are in a conversation of longing for each other. Um, and so I sort of, I see the sit spot practice, this, this sitting with the earth, with attuning my senses to 
the world around me um, as a participation in that conversation, right? As a as a time that I spend every day uh, gifting and receiving the gift of life by participating through through my attention. And I love it too, because it starts to really blur these boundaries between like self and other. And I get to, yeah, it just feels like a very dynamic and living relationship um, that I think has cultivated a sense of ethic in myself and fortitude towards um, a fierce love and something that I feel like in my body that I must protect. So it's it's something that really fuels my activism in a way um, that also is relevant, I think, to start to kind of create the connections between like that fierce love and accountability with uh, how we show up for other humans and in these times, particularly like in showing up for Black communities and Indigenous communities and their struggles. Mm, I really, really appreciate that, Justine. Thank you. And thank you again for making the time to connect today. Thank you for writing this beautiful essay that feels, you know, so important to this publication and so necessary to be sharing with our community right now. It's your your vulnerability was really such a gift. So I'm I'm thankful for you for generously sharing it with oh, us all. Thank you so much. It's a really it's really been a huge honor to write this piece. And I also want to extend my gratitude to you, Kate and to Kailea for being for first inviting it and also for being such cheerleaders and support um, along the way. I don't, I definitely wouldn't have written it had it not been for your deep love and care and commitment to me um, and my creative process. And I'm so grateful um, that it's out there and I'm really hoping that it can in some way inform and support folks to engage with longing in their own way. Yeah, I'm really excited for you all, our listeners, to read this essay and yeah, looking forward to hearing what comes up for you as you as you dig deep into Justine's offering. And I also want to thank our Lone Listen editor, Isaac Silk, um, for just being generally awesome, as well as Isaac Silk and Faith Harding for intro music and of course you all for being such a cherished part of this community i've just continually feel grateful to be in conversation and collaboration with you all and as i've shared in the last few um episodes loan lesson is evolving we're gonna have a new host and some exciting things to share coming up so please do stay tuned and um hope that you all be uh stay well and we'll we'll talk soon 